Hi everyone, it's Matt Kabir Floyd here and thanks very much for tuning in to the second episode of my All Out podcast. Each episode I'll be speaking to a well-known face from the world of cricket and this week I got to chat to a modern day pioneer. Brendan McCullum turned New Zealand into one of the most exciting and likeable teams to watch in international cricket. A born entertainer, his cavalier approach to the game won him many fans all over the world and he was one of the first players to really put T20 on the map. Baz, as he's widely known, is now making his way as a head coach. About to start his second season in charge of the Kolkata Knight Riders, we get a glimpse of what it's like to lead a franchise in the Indian Premier League. From quarantine in his hotel room in Mumbai, Baz talks us through getting over the fear of failure, dealing with mental health issues and his coaching philosophy. Baz, thanks for doing this. How's quarantine treating you? <laughs> yeah, not too bad, mate. Not too bad. Um, one more day of um, quarantine here in Mumbai and then uh, then get out and about and can start um, joining the, the rest of the squad and uh, making sure the boys are ready for the first game. It's become a real part of cricket life, hasn't it, at the moment, quarantining. And you've done a bit of it over the, the winter season. What are your top tips for making it more bearable? <laughs> uh, I probably shouldn't say I was going to say drink your way through it, but you probably don't want to be doing it. <laughs> I think um, in the end, I mean, it's, it's sort of part and parcel of what we just got to put up with now. I think the world is obviously very different to what it once was. And and until um, the pandemic passes, you know, we're still very fortunate to be able to travel the globe and, and still be doing what we love doing. And, you know, the quarantine, it is it can be quite difficult, uh, particularly if you're you like to sort of be a bit more outdoorsy or you like to be in and around your friends, be a social type of person. But, you know, it's, um, it's not too bad. We, I sort of just watch a bit of Netflix and try and read a couple of books. I'm a big racing fan, so I watch a lot of horse racing from back home as well during this time and try not to spend too much time on social media. I think that can just get a little bit consuming if you're, you're sitting there the whole time scrolling through your social medias. But, but I think, you know, the actual... Um, things you can do to pass the time are quite good. We're very fortunate here, actually. The internet's good, so you're able to um, watch a lot of your own shows and, and things, and, and also the food's been fantastic. So I think those those are the key things. Try and do a little bit of exercise as well, just to keep yourself sane, and and then just think about, from a coach's point of view, think about what you're going to do when you get out of here and, and what you need to do for your squad in preparation for the tournament. You had a very distinct way of playing and captaining, so what's your coaching philosophy? <laughs> well, it's still pretty early in my coaching career. Florida, I've coached um, Trinidad and the CPL now for a couple of seasons. And then this is my second season with, with Kolkata. Um, the first season with Kolkata was very much uh, a matter of just trying to get my feet under the desk and, and understand um, what skill set we had amongst um, the squad because I really didn't know the guys because I'd sort of come straight off the CPL which preceded the IPL last season so I literally got out of quarantine the day before um, our first IPL game so last year um, it was a matter of plus plus we added our own support staff so um, you know it was a matter of trying to just just get a few few pieces of the puzzle in the right place and try and keep morale high last year and then observe some areas where we thought we might be able to then um, start to to put some changes in place, and um, 
I think that was good. I enjoyed it last year. We ran fifth. We we had enough points to qualify for the semis, but we missed out on run rate, unfortunately. Um, but I think we'll be better for it this year. And one thing I do try and I want to see as a as a coach is I want guys to take what they feel is their best game out into the middle. I don't want them to try and play my game or or someone else's game. I want them to play what what the game that gives them the most amount of satisfaction because you get one crack at it and um, and you want to know that when you are when you when your career has been and gone and you're sitting back on your couch, the opportunities that you had, and whether you take them or whether you don't, you want to know that you did it your way. And I think as a coach, the ability to give that freedom to those guys and also support them at the selection table and perhaps give them a little bit more rope than what they're probably used to from a selection um, standpoint can allow guys to then um, really start to excel and perform. Um, I am big on on a culture as well. I think it can't be a forced culture. It needs to, needs to be organic. But to me, there's a couple of real fundamentals and that's just that you, you need to be on time. <laughs> um, <laughs> And you need to you need to try and play the game with a smile on your face and and try and enjoy the experience that you've got and um, and then all the pressures that come with it. I'll try and um, try and alleviate some of those. You also said when you were captaining that you had a no dickhead policy. Are you still following that <laughs> mantra as a coach? Well, I think you sort of have to, don't you? I think <laughs> I think, uh, I think there's a difference, right? There's, when I say no dickhead, I mean no dickhead behaviour. As in, like, don't do anything that's going to land you on the front page of the Herald or, or or don't think because you're a cricketer you're better than the people that you walk past in the street. Just be a good person, respect the opportunity that you have as a cricketer and go out there and do your thing. It's, it's fine to be different. That's completely fine. Um, and I think that's what makes this, this such a great sport too is trying to bring all these different characters together and try and come together for a common goal and, and a common cause. So I think there's a distinctive difference between those two. I think one of the other aspects is really, I'm, I'm really learning as a coach is that um, you need to work with the captain is the most important person in the team and, and they're the most important person in the squad. And so you need to identify what type of captain you have identify how they want the team to play and what 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 tactics and what direction and culture they want the, the team to look like. And then as a coach, it's just trying to keep the squad constantly on that, um, on, on the same path towards that vision and also just plug some gaps where the captain needs plugged um, and the communication between those guys will then allow the performance on the field to be, to replicate the, the work that, and the discussions that you have off the field. And that's why, with Owen as captain um, here at KKR, very fortunate. Obviously, we're very good friends, um, but we also have very robust conversations and, and we can disagree on topics as well. Um, it's not just a matter of drinking drinking the same bathwater, um, but you know he, he has very similar uh, approach to the game as what I've got, and so I understand some of the areas which he'll need some assistance with as well. But ultimately, I know that on the field, under pressure, he knows how to make key decisions. And, and that's why I think this year is a really good opportunity for us because he's got the job full time. You're a very personal bloke. And I've seen you when you were captain of sides, you know, really celebrating your victories with your teammates. Uh, 
as a coach, can you be that matey with your players or do you have to have a bit more distance? Yeah, look, I think that's a really good question. Um, I think it depends on what sort of coach you are. Like, I'm an authentic person. I, I believe in, in being yourself and, and I, can, I don't mind being nice to people, you know. Like, I think that's okay too. <laughs> it doesn't, just because you coach, you don't have to constantly be jumping on top of people and saying you've got to do this and you've got to do that. I think there should be a, a level of respect there, but also you need to have the ability at times to just make sure that, that you're still ultimately responsible for the environment that, you, that you've allowed these guys to, to operate in. So, look, I think you can be. Um, I am a social type of person. Um, that's just me. I, I love being around people and having conversations and, and having a drink or a game of golf and, and talking about cricket. And, and I think that's, you know, that's a really, it'll be a really good challenge for me as well as a coach is to see, you know, how that unfolds over the next few years and, and see if, um, if that theory, if that strategy is, is right. But I haven't had any complaints so far, so we'll wait and see. <laughs> <laughs> how about mental health? And the situation that we have now with COVID and, and with the bubbles, how important a part of your role is it now to make sure that everyone in the squad's mental health is okay and, and keep on top of that? Yeah, look, I think it's really important. And we probably, I don't think we're going to necessarily understand the impact of what these bubbles until until maybe in 12 months' time and, and the toll that it's taken on some people and, and not just from a cricket point of view but from a family and, and a personal point of view. Um, look, I, I think it is really important from a coach's point of view to have an understanding of it um, and also just, yeah, I think you've got to provide the resource because I'm no mental health expert, so... I can't I can't fix any issues that come up as such. You can try and be there to be a sympathetic ear. Um, but if, if people need help, then I think you need to bring in some expert um, skill set to, to actually um, assist those people. So I think that's certainly something we've discussed in, in the teams that I'm coaching is do we need to bring someone in that can just be there just in case, someone that, that people know is if something's going on in their life, then they can go and have a yarn to them and, and provide some some expert resource around it rather than sort of someone like myself trying to put my arm around them and say, she'll be right, let's, let's crack on with it. So like a team psychologist, mental health expert? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think that's that's really important. And and there's no shortage of resource available for that stuff as well. Some great people out there. I've worked in sporting teams with some fantastic people as well. Um, and they certainly they don't take out of the out of the environment. They always put in. So I think it's a it's a resource which should be invested in. You don't obviously have to go into some specifics here, but during the last tournament, did you have any issues? Was it quite difficult to keep everyone positive and uh, pulling in the right direction? Um, no, not not really. There's there's quite a big difference culturally within teams in the IPL because you have obviously your local Indian boys who you know they've there's 1.5 billion people in India and, and cricket's the number one game so the drive and the ambitions and and the expectations on them are so great um, and they just want to 
work and work and work and work. Um, and then you've got, you know, the likes of Kiwis who are a little bit more laid back and they feel like they know when they're done and they're ready to go. Um, and they're happy to go down to the bar and have a beer and, and a chat. And then you've got the English guys who are probably a little bit more like the Kiwis. You've got the Aussies who luckily we've got Pat Cummins, so he's a good one. Um, <laughs> and you've got, you got the West Indian boys who operate on a different structure altogether where you can't tell them what to do. The, the West Indian boys, they're fiercely loyal, but it's a matter of, you know, they, well, you can tell them what to do, but you need to explain it better as well and you need to support them and and, the, and then you'll have their friendship for life they you know they're fascinating um, guys to to be coaching so there's so many different cultures in that within the environment that for me it was a matter more of trying to just um, allow them the, the space and the freedom to try and be their best and we didn't have any issues as such last year we had some challenges because yeah, some of our biggest players had some things going on in their life which which were difficult for them um, and, and their performance unfortunately wasn't able to be as, as high as level as what they were used to. Andre Russell was unfortunately got injured um, and, and was struggling for a little bit of form and um, was just a little bit underprepared for the tournament. We've mitigated that by we actually sent um, Andre to Dallas so he went and trained with Dallas Mavericks there and, and he's been on this fitness regime where he looks lean and mean and, and I know he's incredibly motivated to get back to the standing as the best T20 player in the world. Um, so Neil and Ryan had a problem with his action last year and which, which meant that he wasn't able to have a, a greater impact on, on the game. And that also came with challenges and mental challenges as well, because it's such a big um, thing for him to have his action uh, subjected to that, that doubt. Um, so since then we've put, He's worked a lot with Carl Crow, who is an expert in that field, um, and he's here with us as well for the uh, for the early part of this tournament. So we're hopeful that that will allow Sunil to to be at his best and and again get back to being one of the number one players in the world. Um, and then we had some issues with a couple of other guys as well, but nothing that wasn't insurmountable. But certainly things which made you appreciate as a coach that it's not just always about how to hit the cover drive and and how to and how to, um, I guess, you know, get get your strategy out on the field. You've got to get these guys in a space where they can actually go out there and perform mentally. I just want to touch on your playing career briefly. And you mentioned earlier there about you must enjoy the game. It's something that you've said many times before. But in order to really enjoy the game at, at the highest level, do you have to be able to deal well with failure, especially as a batsman, because you're failing the whole time? Yeah, definitely. I think that's what um, that's majority of the game. I think is how you are able to to I guess turn around well, to turn the page on a on a poor performance and still go out there and still stay true to the very beliefs of how you want to see the game played. I think you fail way more than you succeed in this game, and and well, I certainly know I did. Um, and I think you know you become accustomed to how to deal with that it doesn't get any easier, but you find a way to be able to deal with it. And I think, you know, like that's, that's one of the, the proudest aspects of having a long career, I think is well, having longevity in the game is that you, you are able to every time you're able to get back up off the canvas after a poor performance and still cross that white line and mark center. And, and you didn't know whether that day was going to end up on a success or a failure either, but you still had the courage to do it. And, 
And that's why I have just so much respect for anyone that has played the game for a long period of time, that, that they have the, the courage and, and the tenacity to, to deal with those failures and, and continue to put themselves or subject themselves to the, the cauldron that is international cricket. I mean, I will say, though, that on the flip side of that, the good days that you have are just amazing too, right? Like they, and when you finish your career, you look back, you don't remember the bad days. You remember, <laughs> you only really focus on the good days. So it's all worth it in the end, but it certainly doesn't feel like that when you're going through it a lot of the time. So it's one of the toughest games for sure. So how do you get to that point? How do you deal with failure and then come back and not let it affect you? Well, I thought, I, I think it took me a long time, 40. I, I was only really at my best in my career in the very latter stages of it. And that was almost when I'd, I'd freed myself emotionally from, from what I was chasing. I don't, I don't even know what I was chasing. Or everyone would say, you've got to have this technique. You should play the game like this. He doesn't, can't do that. And so you'd always sort of trying to conform to that. And you would never really had your own identity as a player. And it wasn't until I was almost prepared to walk away from the game that then when I wrote down the pros and the cons of staying in the game that I realised the pros were so great and the cons I was just going to have to deal with. And so, and, and one of the things I said to myself is I want to get back to playing the game how I used to love watching the game when I was a kid and how I used to try and play the game when I was a kid. And that was just take the game on, just have a crack. And I knew that I was never going to be a consistent player. But for me, I was okay with that once I, once I realised I was, I was okay, that, that was fine. But I had some strengths. And if I harness those strengths, then I might be able to have some great moments. And if I could have those great moments, then it was worth going through all the other tough periods. And once I arrived at that stage, those last few years were, were, were the greatest years that I had as a cricketer and, and are the memories which I, I'm able to hold on to now. Well, you've got plenty of records from your playing career. Um, fastest test century, first New Zealander to score 300 in a test match. Uh, at one point, you had the highest T20 score in the world and the most sixes ever hit in test cricket. Now, which of those are you most proud of? Oh, definitely the sixes. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. 100% <laughs> the sixes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think yeah. Tim Southey is actually, he's... He's got quite a lot of sixes. He reckons he's going to chase that record down, but I don't think he can. But <laughs> him and I used to joke all the time about how that was the greatest, the greatest thing that I achieved in my career was having the most test sixes. <laughs> it was, I don't know, there's just something about hitting a six, right? It just gives you that real, that feeling, a bit like bombing a, a driver off the tee probably, or, you know, it sort of just gives you that, that real, that feeling. And, and you know, the, the courage to try and chase a six as well and then to actually obviously start hitting them. That's, that's what I love about it. Wouldn't know, mate. I've only hit about three in my career, but, you know, there's still time. We're still, still going. Uh, let's get back to uh, KKR then. Uh, how are you shaping up at the moment? What do you need to improve to get to the playoffs this season? Because you just missed out last year. Yeah, we did. We're, our best game was our last game, actually. We, when we were under pressure, if we had lost that, we probably would have finished last in the tournament. Um, but we won it, and then that meant that we we were very close to qualifying for the semis. But this tournament is always it's always small margins between winning and losing the tournament. So you've got to you got to hang tough. You got to stay 
stay the course with your plans and your tactics. Um, the tactics and the, and the thought processes that you come up with at the start of the tournament, um, you need to just keep on task with that. You need to keep morale high within the group as well because it will be a tough period that we're going to enter. Um, I think our bowling will be will be good. I think our our team is our bowling attack is geared to perform on these types of wickets, particularly our spinners. Our biggest oh, our fielding team is very good. Um, James Foster is our fielding coach, and and he's uh, I told him when I signed on uh, when I signed him on. I said, "You realise I'm giving you the best fielding team in the competition, so don't cock it up." <laughs> but he's he's doing, he's doing a good job at the moment, um, and. Uh, and our biggest challenge is we've got any amount of ability with the bat, but last year we didn't quite get enough runs. So we've got um, we, we've had a little bit of experience in the batting as well. But look, I, last year Dinesh Kartik and who was captain, and then obviously made the decision halfway through the tournament to step away from the captaincy and, and focus on his own game. Didn't have his, his greatest tournament. I probably used him too high. Last year, and I think DK's real strength is actually finishing games. So that was a good learning for us, and 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 also for DK, um, who was courageous enough to take it on. Um, but I think now we've realised he's 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 one of the best in the world at finishing games. So we'll give him that opportunity. Andre Russell will have a far far better tournament than he had last year, without a doubt. So there's two massive players already that you can expect to have bigger tournaments and, and help you from a batting point of view. Oh, Morgan had a really good tournament with the bat last year. If he can get anywhere near that, then you've got a middle order, which is as good as any team in the world internationally or, or in a domestic tournament. And then Shubman Gill is at the top of the order. Nitesh Rana is at the top of the order. These guys have got another year of experience under their belt. And Shubman obviously has been playing for India, so he'll be a better um, player last year. Those guys actually played quite well for us last year. And then you've got, Shakib or, or Sunil Narayan to add into that mix too. So we're, I'm, I'm hopeful that with the next three year on, uh, a year of experience on our group and a bit more of an understanding, I really expect us to be there or thereabouts come final time. I'd be very surprised if if we don't make the the, the top two. Right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, on paper, you, you have a great side. Shubman Gill, I can't wait to see him again. He's been brilliant. Uh, you know, over the last few months for India and for Kolkata. Have you decided who's going to open with him then? Uh, well, Nitesh Rana will, will likely open with him. Yeah. So, and then we've got, we signed Karun Nair as well, um, who's obviously been around the game for a long time. So, had a little bit more experience. So, him and Rahul Chapati will be sort of lining up in and around that number, th- number three spot. But once I get out of quarantine, I can speak to the skipper, then we'll confirm all the stuff. You know? <laughs> I won't keep you too long, mate. I'm sure he's, he's trying to call you right now. Uh, you've also signed Harbajan, who hasn't played any competitive cricket for a couple of years. He's older than you. Yeah, well, last year we signed Praveen Tambay and then he wasn't allowed to play, but he was 48, so I'm not against signing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very comfortable in my own skin. I don't mind if other guys are older than me. But, um, no, nah, he'll be a great asset. And, I've, and already the conversations I've had with Harbajan since we've signed him, have been super positive. He's very, very motivated to to do well. Um, I do love, I love old blokes in T20 cricket as well because that it's all about winning. You know, that's what it's about. And old blokes win things. And and you know, I think he's he's one of those guys who just is a fierce competitor. He's been a, a great at the game over a long period of time. Yeah, he's been out for a little while, 
but he's with enough preparation and the motivation under his belt. I think he could be a huge player for us, especially on these turning wickets. I'll tell you what, you've got some spinners in your squad, haven't you? You've got Budgie, you've got Narayan, Shakib Al-Hassan, Varun Chakravarti, Kuldeep. How are you going to fit them all in and keep them all happy? Well, you can't fit them all in, can you? And that's that's the biggest challenge is, um, is, is then how do you keep them happy? But I think the only way you can do that is just by being brutally honest and and, and explaining things. Just lay it all out there and, and try and identify um, particularly some of the games where you're going to go heavy with your spin is that these are the games which they could perhaps be coming to the reckoning, but there's no guarantees that, that that's going to happen because ultimately, you know, we've got so much resource to go into so few spots. So you just got to be honest with that. And I always find creators are, if you're honest and, and you, and you communicate things and you don't give off false hope, um, then I always find creators completely understand and that, and it doesn't, stop their ability to contribute to the team, um, both both um, at trainings, but also on the sidelines. So that's a good problem to have. <laughs> it's not like we're searching around for a good spot. We've also got Pawan Negi, who is a good bowler yeah. too. So we've got, we've got plenty of options there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, T20's obviously a, a game that's constantly evolving, constantly changing. What do you think is the next big change, the next big fad on the horizon? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I can't see anything sort of being thrust upon us in the next couple of years. I think the skill level is so high and the, the mindset is so strong these days that, that you see teams really pushing the envelope of what's possible from a batting point of view in particular and scores are, are continuing to, to go up. Sometimes even with you know 200 on the board, you're certainly not safe and I think that's been a, a huge change in the game. I think probably the biggest change in the game has probably happened in the last five or six years. And now it's a matter of just crafting that a little bit. Um, and then we'll probably see something in time to come. But yeah, I, I don't really know. I think spin maybe it sort of depends on the conditions, Forty, I think. Like mm. over here, for instance, I, I can see there could be times where we might bowl. Gee, we could bowl 16 overs of spin, you know, if the conditions suit. Could open with two two spinners and you just bowl your first 16 overs straight spin and you finish off with, you know, a couple of seamers to try and close it out. You just, I don't know, I think it all depends on the matchups and the tactics and the conditions. How about the game in general? Well, you know, where do you see the, the game, not just talking about T20 here, but just cricket as a sport, you know, where do you see things headed at the moment? We've got this crazy schedule this year, in particular, trying to catch up with games and players are having to be rested and, and miss games. And it's very hard to be a multi-format player at the moment. You know, how, how do you see the game evolving in the next few months? <clears throat> well, I think this, is, this has been a year like no other, right? <laughs> it's, and... In the end, the, the governing bodies have all done extremely well to be able to stage um, any sort of cricket in these unprecedented times. And and I think the cricketers really value that opportunity as well. And all the guys, the teams that I've been involved in, they value what the administrators have done to allow them to go and do what they love doing, which is playing the game. So I think there's some really there's a lot of goodwill there at the moment amongst the, the administrators and the boards and, and the players, which is is great because it hasn't always been like that. Um, 
So I think you know the game itself is in pretty good order. Yes, there's still some areas which need need some attention, but it's probably just been slightly recalibrated. I I don't see multi-format players are going to last. If I'm being honest, I think more specialised, um, well, more. I think you'll have a one-day team, a T20 team, a test team, and they'll all have their own coaches as well and their own support staffs. And and I think that's just the nature of, of how, how it's going to have to be. Um, I don't know. I'm pretty excited. The test championship obviously takes on more relevance for us as New Zealanders to, to see our team in, in it. Um, that's been quite amazing, the impact that the, the New Zealand cricketers have had on the New Zealand public and, and these these tough times too, the way that they've not only played, but the way that they've carried themselves. And cricket is, is as strong as we've seen in our country, which is, is pretty it's pretty awesome to see. Uh, what about for Brendan McCullum then? What's uh, next for you? You've, you're early in your head coaching career, of course. You've got a great job in franchise cricket. Further down the line... Could you lead an international side, do you think? <laughs> oh, I've got enough jobs at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Crikey. Um, look, I'm loving doing what I'm doing at the moment. Forty, I really am, I think. Um, I'm very lucky that I drove, I drove past my house in South Dunedin the other day that I grew up in, and I loved my time growing up, absolutely did. Um, and, you know, it was, it was what I can say is that the game's been very, very good to me and I've still got the opportunity to be involved in the game. I love the game. I love the, the personalities in it. Um, I get to cover it from a broadcasting point of view. You get to talk about it and then I get to and get to critique it and I get to be able to be involved in it and help guys to, to try and have their own careers. So I'm very fortunate in those in the, uh, opportunities and the responsibilities I have at the moment. In time, you never say never, do you? I think, you know, you're... Yeah, ultimately, we all love, you know, taking on big jobs and I've got a big one at the moment and you never know what unfolds in time. But for now, I'm very content and and trying to just do the job as best I can. And and as I tried to do in the latter half of my my cricket career is just kind of be where my feet are and just enjoy the the ride and enjoy the moment. And, And that's what I'm trying to do with this job at the minute. I'm sure there's some Kiwi fans who could probably take some positives out of what you've, you've just said there, but maybe a, a bit down the line. Baz, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. Thanks very much for doing this. Thanks, Forty. Take care, mate.